0: Hello, hello, I am Karen Jean-Francois, and this is the Women in Data podcast, a podcast where every other week I interview some of the most inspiring women working in data. They discuss how data is used in various industries, share their knowledge and experience in the field, and equip you with tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight to it. I am joined today by Harieta Eleferorinu, Head of Innovation Strategy and Ventures at IQVA. IQVA is a leading global provider of advanced analytics, technology solutions, and clinical research services to the life sciences industry. Passionate about transforming healthcare through AI and technology, Harieta shares in this episode how she moves from a career in research. To a position where she shapes the future of healthcare by collaborating with some of the most innovative startups in the industry. Halfway through, she then goes on talking about innovation. You will hear about the three archetypes of innovation, the different ways to innovate and the five ingredients to do so and make a lasting impact. Hi, Harrieta. Hello, Karen. Thank you so much for joining me on the Women in Data podcast today. I am super excited about this episode and I have to say that you are stretching me out of my comfort zone. We are going to be going with the flow really, so we don't have a full plan, which for me being a planner is a bit weird, but I'm looking forward to see how that goes and what we do. But it's also a first for you. How do you feel about that? Yeah, thank you
1: so much for this fantastic opportunity. It is indeed the first podcast that I do. I'm fairly modest when it comes to social media, but given the significant impact that uh, Women in Data as a community and forum has already been delivering, I thought it's an excellent platform for me to also share some of our, my experiences and uh, really thank you for being so supportive throughout and for this opportunity
0: again. It's my pleasure and I cannot believe you haven't been on a podcast before because your background and what you do, everything to support the transformation of healthcare is just amazing and I can't wait for you to share that with with our listeners. Before we get into today's topic or whatever the topic is going to be, (laughs) can I invite you to introduce yourself?
1: I am currently the um, Global Head of Innovation at IQVIA. This is a um, 13 billion revenue, 45 billion market cap organization, really committed to transforming healthcare by bringing a number of uh, data, services, technologies, and consulting solutions to the world's largest pharmaceutical and a healthcare organization clients. Previously, I guess um, we could start from the beginning. I started my uh, career as an electronic computer engineer, specialized in artificial intelligence, uh, very early on. So about 17 years ago, when nobody really cared about artificial intelligence, <laughs> uh, and my mother uh, used to worry that I would not be able to find a real job in the real world. <laughs> And um, I loved the opportunity to be able to predict the future. This is what got me hooked in artificial intelligence to begin with. And as I was conducting my thesis in life sciences, I thought, how amazing would it be if I were able to apply artificial intelligence techniques on um, human data so that I could perhaps be able to predict and prevent disease where possible and preserve health. So it was the time that the field of bioinformatics and systems biology and the entire field of genomics was just um, arising following the Human Genome Project completion. I spent about um, eight years as a, as a researcher in Hull. I had my group um, at Imperial College. And as I was um, progressing my career as a researcher, I came across the challenges of um, translating research to solutions that work at the point of care. And um, I thought I would like to have a greater, faster impact. And it is then when I moved to the commercial world. I had the opportunity to join Deloitte And there I was the head of advanced analytics and data science for about four years.
0: Is that when you called your mom and you told her, hey, look, I did a crazy thing following all my AI thing that no one knew about and now I have a real job? (laughs) Well, my mom at the time was, Harrieta. you're working too much.
1: (laughs) 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 Maybe you should reconsider your uh, your priorities. (laughs)
0: Uh, Well, you know, she can't have it all. She wanted you to have a real job and then you got one.
1: (laughs) No, I always love my job. This is why I always uh, put in the long hours. I I always loved what I do. I see the impact um, that it can deliver. I work with um, bright, energetic, inspiring people, which uh, is an energy feedback mechanism in its own right. And well, my mother, like my partner, like my friends always appreciate that.
0: You had a really brave start because you said AI was in its infancy and then you decided to go into that very... I want to say scary and not well known field, and then use that to to have the impact so from what I've heard from what you said, something that's important for you is really having this big impact, and that's what led you to to leave research and move to industry and consultancy um in Del you said you had a commercial role how How do you go from research for a commercial role that I don't see the link here. How did you do that?
1: Yeah, it's not an easy, it's not an easy path. You need to really have a lot of support. And I am grateful for all the support that I received in Deloitte. I had a number of senior partners that were personally mentoring me. Uh, so I did have a lot of support. And, and again, it was a very rewarding field after 10 years, very much focused on research, discovery, um, and scientific rigor. I now had the opportunity to be more connected with people. Right, because the the path of the researcher is um, is uh, fairly lonely, whereas um, being in a consulting world is uh, full of life. You're always around by people, partners, colleagues, clients, and it's a very different field. Rising up to a commercial leader had uh, its own challenges, especially in a field such as artificial intelligence, data science, and analytics that at the time was not very much understood. So it took also a lot of um, my scientific foundation to be successful in the commercial world, such as, for example, presenting new ideas in a very compelling way or providing of all the evidence of why should clients invest in data science and advanced analytics solutions. Something that you would do in a scientific setup when you are um, defending your idea in front or your position in research, uh, you know, in the context of many other ideas. There is a foundation research that you can use as you make the transition, but there's a lot to learn for those artists that are thinking of making them move from research to the commercial world.
0: I I bet there is a a lot to learn, yes. And I'm surprised that you're saying, you know, I guess pitching yourself is something that you took from research. I, I hadn't realized. So I know that as a researcher, you need to get funding and all these things, but I hadn't realized that you would be pitching yourself and then that you took to industry and that was super useful for you. Interesting. You then went on and moved to IQV, IQVI and there you you were the CEO of a startup and that ultimately led to the role you have today. You are doing some things that are going to change healthcare for for good and going to put, you know, we're always thinking, oh, healthcare sometimes is a bit behind when it comes to technology and all these things, but it feels like there is so much going on there and they are catching up really fast and so much important things, important problems that they're dealing with that that are ultimately saving lives. And the fact that you're in the middle of that I, is just mind blowing. And I want to know about it. So I want to know more about it, what's happening, what it is that you're doing and the impact you're having. And because the impact is super important for you. So Can you share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. We recently launched uh, the IQV
1: Innovation Hub, which is the organization that I've um, now been the appointed leader and uh, being responsible for corporate innovation and for systematizing the way we work with pioneering startups. It is a really exciting moment for us because we are uh, further enhancing our connected intelligence uh, strategy by connecting those external capabilities to our internal capabilities. Like you said previously, I led a, a, an in-house um, IQVIA venture and my role could be compared to that of a CEO in a startup, whereas obviously my organization was, uh, was organically growing in iqiva and i now really have the privilege to work with these charismatic ceos around the world that lead these forward-thinking startups trying to figure out ways that we could co-develop solutions and take them to our clients at scale
0: i'm listening to you and i'm thinking wow (laughs) so you mentioned innovation again and i feel like this has been a, a common theme In in your life, I want to say, because even before you properly started working, you were already thinking of artificial intelligence when people didn't know what it was. My question is, do you feel like innovation is something that you're born with or is it something that, you know, you cultivate over time so you can think more, I guess, from the broader picture rather than focusing on the things that you're seeing in your immediate surrounding. Is that something you can grow or is that something that you have to have and and that's it?
1: I think like with everything, it's something that you have inherent and that you can nurture more, especially innovation. We typically observe the three archetypes of um, the early adopters that are the very innovative um, leaders and individuals uh, jumping on new ideas, solutions, or uh, shaping them. Then you would have the followers that they would expect something to be tested and proven before they embrace it. Then you would always have the skeptics that would not embrace innovation they would be the last ones. And this is not to say that being innovative is a, is a good thing or a bad thing, it's... Some are more innovative than others. Within innovation, I see different flavors. Innovation, like in my case, might be applying one technique in problems that this technique was not applied before. When, for example, we were first thinking of applying artificial intelligence solutions to healthcare data. Artificial intelligence solutions exist for 50 years. They were just not applied for healthcare data. They were mostly in imaging data, all things, you know, other industries. Or it might be developing a novel concept and bringing together pre-existing solutions and approach it into a new umbrella. And in general, this diversity of uh, blending fields, concepts, technologies, data, to solve pre-existing problems in better, more effective ways, or to solve new problems, I think all of these are different flavors of innovation.
0: This all makes sense, but why were you saying it? It sounds, oh, this is common sense, and, <laughs> and it sounds very simple. It is not, so... Do you have any tips that you could give to someone, let's say, who would like to develop this skill? Because you said it's something that you have and then you cultivate over time. If let's say many of us tend to be very close to the work we're doing. So the day to day of our work and the tasks that's at hand and the problem that we're trying to solve now. How can one actually step back from that and think of the bigger picture and make sure that they take the organization or it could be someone who is a bit less senior. Um, how can they be part of that and make sure that they include innovation and forward thinking in their work? Yeah, you don't have to be senior to be innovative. It has for
1: sure been proven that the greatest innovation starts with the younger minds that are still very brave, very hungry, very energetic. I think it all starts with a clear vision. Uh, you need to have a very clear vision of what you are going after. And uh, you also need to be an effective communicator to communicate this vision so that you act as a magnet to all these people that will surround you and support you in order to bring your vision to life. This is key. Innovation needs um, scale through people that will uh, preach it and will uh, implement it. So having a clear vision, being an effective community or to build teams around you to bring innovation to life are the two fast uh, ingredients of success. Then having resilience. There will be a lot of resistance along the way of other innovators, of skeptics, of pre-existing solutions, of threats, of all things that would like to shut down your idea or to prove you wrong. It takes a great no need of um, resilience, perseverance, <laughs> focus, and courage to keep on going. And this is where having great partners, friends, mentors, colleagues is the key ingredient of success. to be surrounded by great people that will keep on believing in you. And um, as you're going through your journey, staying focused on, on results. Uh, like what I said throughout my, throughout our discussion is impact. How do you make an impact? You need to prove you have been making an impact throughout so that you're not innovating for the sake of innovating. As we have been innovating in IQVIA, we make sure we measure the impact throughout our solutions. How many patients are we actually helping? How many patients are diagnosed more effectively through our solutions? How many patients are treated faster and more effectively through the new AI products that we took to market? Keep on measuring the impact and keep on growing the impact. I think this is um good five ingredients of success that uh, I've seen working throughout my career. And I would uh, suggest to those brave minds out there that they want to carve out their own uh, path to innovation to to consider embracing.
0: You're right, being able to measure the results. If you don't measure anything, you know, you have no proof that, that it worked. And you can't, you can't sell it back or pitch it or keep going and prove the value. But uh, this thing you are saying about the resilience and uh, all the resistance you're going to to find along the way is also something that shouldn't be neglected when you, you start on your journey to innovation. Because if you're not ready for resistance, I guess it's going to be hard to, <laughs> to move past that. Still on, on innovation... What do you think the future of healthcare will look like?
1: Well, the future of healthcare, as we already see very clearly, it's more digitally enabled, more connected, more real-time than it has ever been. This pandemic uh, has been really a catalyst for digitization in healthcare and has also been a trigger for unprecedented capital deployment to a high number of innovative startups around the world that are developing several uh, forward-thinking solutions in novel diagnostics, in patient engagement, telehealth, telemedicine, remote monitoring of various diseases for um, patients that have chronic conditions. And um, there is also a very significant effort in the industry of connecting all these solutions together and making sure that they interoperate so that we bring down the pre-existing silos that we currently have in, in healthcare. We all that are passionate in transforming healthcare are contributing our own efforts to have an end-to-end patient journey whereby patients could be receiving diagnosis and treatment much faster than we do today, that we have to go to so many doctors, get so many different opinions, get prescriptions for treatments that we know many times don't work, not adhere to treatments, go back, get new ones. All of these known challenges that have been unsolved for a while is what we Feel really now more than ever before. Believe that with the integration of novel data, novel technologies, and all this capital that has now been deployed in in healthcare, that we will now have more effective solutions uh, for patients out there.
0: I can't wait to see that. One last question before we close this episode: Is there anything that you know you read or listen to, to that that supports you in your career development and personal development that you could share with us?
1: I don't read something um, in particular or listen to something in particular. I I like to have a, a diverse number of sources that I rely upon for my knowledge. But what I do, and I would strongly encourage uh, women out there to also do, is uh, I have mentors, and I proactively seek for more mentors all the time. I find having these uh authentic relationships, whereby you can be open about yourself as an individual and not as a persona that you bring at the workplace, right? That you can talk about all things you and not just the self that you bring to work is very refreshing. I like to say that in order to be effective in our job, we bring out a persona. But this is only a part of who we are and we suppress certain parts uh, of our uh, uh, selves in order to be successful at work. This is changing, right? So now we're talking about uh, more holistic uh, personal development. And I find that the role of mentors in this personal, not just professional development, is critical. So my recommendation other find the right people that will try to understand you as an individual. They will appreciate your strengths and boost your differentiation, and then will understand your areas of development and help you to accept them and finesse them and round them out, like we say, as, as you see to be
0: effective and happy at the workplace. Such a precious advice. Thank you so much, Harrieta, for joining me on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Corinne. It was a real pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new guest. Until then, if you have two minutes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review, as it helps not only to make the podcast more visible, but also to enhance the content. If you don't want to miss the next episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on LinkedIn. And if you wish to, you can even register to the community for free. All you have to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. Have a great day.